This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, high inflation and rising interest rates have many Canadians turning to credit to make ends meet. That's one of the findings of Equifax Canada's latest market pulse, Consumer Credit Trends and Insights Report. Joining me now to discuss the report in detail and why it's so concerning is Julie Kuzmek. She's the Senior Compliance Officer for Consumer Advocacy at Equifax Canada. Julie, welcome back to the show. It's always a pleasure to join you, Nancy. Yeah, it's always great to have you here. So before we get into the report, can you share with our listeners more about Equifax Canada and what you guys are actually doing? Sure. So Equifax is one of the two major credit bureaus in Canada, which are Equifax and TransUnion. And what the credit bureaus do is act as a uh, almost a neutral third party where most of the banks, lenders, credit card issuers, anybody that's issuing credit in Canada is typically sending information about all of their credit account holders, details like the current balance and their payment history. That information gets sent to both of the credit bureaus, and that's what creates and then builds up a credit report for each of us who is using credit in Canada. And then that information often is then used by other lenders or uh, credit issuers in order to help them make a decision when you're applying for credit. They can look at that information in your credit report with your permission, of course, and uh, get a sense of whether you typically pay your bills on time to help them decide uh, whether to approve your credit application. That's great. And there's, so you mentioned there's Equifax and TransUnion. Now there's a bunch of other apps and stuff out there that people would be familiar with where, you know, they can go in and get their credit score. But these apps are pulling information from one of those two credit bureau sources, correct? Yeah, and that's a great point to to mention. Um, so I'll I'll just name a few for um, if if people have come across ones like Credit Karma or Borowell or a number of other ones, uh, they certainly are playing an important role. But they are not credit bureaus. Uh, you can always see where they're pulling their information from, so you can see whether you're seeing an Equifax or a TransUnion score through one of those apps. That's great. So now on to, the, to today's discussion, Julie. So the findings of the Equifax Trends Report, you know, there's many red flags in here. And credit card use is a record high. Debt levels are rising. And so are delinquencies. So the overall level of debt Canadians are carrying in Q4 of last year topped $2.37 trillion. Mortgage debt is a huge part of this. But it's important to point out that we're not seeing new mortgage debt increase like before. Higher interest rates are already having an impact on household budgets of mortgage holders carrying variable rate mortgages. And for thousands of fixed rate mortgage holders, future payment shocks are a real concern. So let's talk a little bit about that, Julie. What are you seeing with regards to, to this? Well, when we see that 
non-mortgage debt is up, that's telling us that credit card usage is pretty high. And uh, we do actually see that credit card usage seems higher for younger consumers, a little more than average, but it's up across the board. People of all ages seem to be using uh, their credit cards more. And um, that's a combination of new credit accounts that have been open, as well as balances increasing. And that could be telling us that people are needing to rely on credit more than they did before in order to be able to handle their day-to-day expenses. And of course, that is a very concerning situation because it's not sustainable. If, if people need to spend more than they're able to bring in in a month, then as you know well in your line of business, Nancy, that, that's not a situation that people can manage for a, an ongoing period. No, certainly not. And, you know, non-mortgage debt, you know, includes things like lines of credit and, and credit cards, finance company loans, all those types of debt are on the rise. Credit card debt is often what we focus in on because it's such high interest debt, right? And, and something that most Canadians are actually carrying a credit card. We know, Julie, that non-mortgage debt is up by more than 5%. And currently, Canadians are carrying on average $21,121 in non-mortgage debt. Here in Newfoundland and Labrador, non-mortgage debt now sits at $23,008, which is higher than the national average. And higher yet again, if we look at a major city analysis like St. John's, for example, we're at $23,577 on average. So, Julie, let's talk a little bit about this credit card use. Balances are up 15% and have crossed $100 billion for the first time ever. Why are we seeing this, do you think? Is it strictly because of, you know, the, the cash crunch that can Canadians are feeling right now with regards to inflation and and rising interest rates and, and how concerned should we be about this? Well, one of the interesting numbers that came out of this analysis from the last quarter of 2022 is that 1.4 million cards, new credit cards were issued during that time period, which is pretty high for um, for a quarter of, of a year. So the, the things that we were talking about before, um, of course, credit card debt is one of the highest interest debts that you can carry, but also what it is showing us like are people really needing to dig into their credit card that's often the first place that people will turn when they are standing at the grocery store and they got to pay for their dinner for the family and they don't have the cash credit cards are often the first place that 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 money is going to go and when we see those balances that are increasing from month to month that really is a sign of concern no, absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes as well, you know, people will, it's, they'll use their credit card for things like that, but it's to get points or, you know, some other or rewards program that they have attached to their, their credit card. And I think that may have worked really well for people, but now when things are costing more, um, if you're not really managing that balance and making sure that you're paying off as you're using it, it can creep up on you, right? Absolutely. But there's no doubt that, you know, high inflation, rising interest rates have left many consumers struggling to get by. And it's among the reasons we're seeing as for an increase in credit usage. But when consumers are turning to credit to keep up with rising costs, when they're taking on debt to make ends meet, it's only a matter of time before they're falling behind when it comes to keeping up with their monthly payments. 
And that's what we're seeing. So we're going to talk about the rise in delinquencies and who is struggling when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekdays on VOCM. It's Open Line with your host, Patty Daly. Join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m. to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Julie Kuzmik. She's a senior compliance officer for Consumer Advocacy with Equifax Canada. And we're discussing Equifax Canada's latest consumer trends report. And Julie, some of the trends really are concerning. A big one is the record debt Canadians are carrying on their credit cards, which we just discussed. And this is something Equifax has been reporting on for the past several quarters. And the fact that many consumers are turning to credit to keep up with rising costs. We know times are tight for many due to high inflation and rising rates. But as mentioned, when you're taking on debt to make ends meet, it's only a matter of time before you're falling behind on your monthly payments. It really is a bit of a snowball effect. And Julie, this is what we're seeing, right? So let's talk about these delinquencies and and who is it that's struggling most to keep up right now? Yeah, so let's start with just a quick reminder about how we're using this term delinquencies. So in the credit world, delinquency usually refers to people who are 90 days past due on their credit account or possibly worse than that. It can also refer to accounts that have gone into a collection status. Um, So that's what we mean when we're talking about delinquencies, 90 days past due or worse. And we're seeing an increase of just over 17% in the number of delinquencies at the end of 2022 compared to the end of 2021. Now, in Newfoundland and Labrador, delinquencies are up almost 11.5%, so it's actually a bit lower than the national average, so certainly well done, Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, But we're seeing the biggest increase in debt in millennials and the Gen X uh, generation. So that would be uh, the 18 to 25 as well as 26 to 35 age demographic. Yeah, and that's a really important distinction, distinction, Julie, I think, right? Because it, it really shows how concerning it is when delinquencies are up by that much. Because sometimes you think, well, delinquency means they've missed a payment. But no, no, it means that they're 90 days behind. So that's three months behind. So that, that really is concerning to think that there's that big of an increase in people who are three months behind and making, making their payments. I think interestingly, too, even though the 18 to 25 segment and is only carrying, and I, I say only, it's still a large amount of debt, but in comparison to the national average, $8,091, the delinquency rate is over 30%. So that's an that's a extremely high number. That's right, and it's much higher than any of the other age groups. So just as a point of comparison, looking at the the next group up, so 26 to 35 years old, that delinquency rate is around 23%. So big difference from the 30% that we're seeing in that younger age demographic. And interestingly, we see that delinquency rate, the comparison of the end of 2021 to the end of 2022, that delinquency rate is decreasing as you increase in age. So uh, just a a couple more examples, Um, 46 to 55 years old is at 14.5% of an increase over the previous year. 
And then as we get up into the uh, more senior years, so age 65 plus, we're down to a 10% increase. But reminder, that's still an increase from 2021. So we haven't seen any age group actually decrease in their delinquency rates. Yeah, and again, that, that's in being three months behind on payments, which is, is not insignificant. I think interesting too, Julie, so the highest uh, average non-mortgage debt in Q4 was in uh, 46 to 55-year-olds, which I guess, you know, as you're, you're getting old and your income gets up, you're qualified for more credit. So to me, it makes sense that that age group would be carrying more debt, but they should also have the ability to pay down their debt because their income levels would be higher. But they're actually you know, $10,000 higher than the national average, right? They're at 32508 and the delinquency rate has risen 14.5%. So that is very concerning to me as well. Yeah, and, and it's always interesting when you overlay the the age groups and the average amounts of debt with the kind of standard lifestyle progression that we tend to have in Canada. So I can't help but wonder if that uh, 36 to 45-year-old group and 46 to 55, they're coming out of, hopefully for their sake, the daycare years, for example. Right. Um, but they might be in the expensive extracurricular years if, if it's a family that has kids uh, doing various activities. So they're, they're just, as many of us can attest, there just are always so many expenses, no matter what stage of life you're at. No, absolutely. There's always something else that's coming around the corner, right? So another signal that financial stress is mounting for Canadians and that more reaching their financial tipping point trying to make ends meet is that there's a higher proportion of consumers filing for a consumer proposal. According to the latest statistics from the Office of Superintendent of Bankruptcy, consumer proposals are up. For the 12-month period ending January of 2023, filings rose by more than 24%, and filings for Newfoundland and Labradorians are up by almost 17%. So certainly concerning statistics, and what's also concerning is the Equifax report reads that this may be a sign of what's to come. So a sentiment that is echoed in many surveys, in fact. A recent Nanos poll showed nearly 85% of respondents said they're more worried about the elevated cost of everyday goods like food and gas than borrowing costs. And a Statistics Canada survey shows one in four Canadians worry they'd be unable to cover an unexpected expense of $500, with more than a third reporting it is difficult for their household to meet financial needs over last year. All this is really hard to hear, Julie, and we're hearing more and more of it in the media all the time. So how do we turn this around? Well, there's lots of different sources of financial advice out there, as you know, and as we're often discussing, and I'm afraid I am going to have to mention the B word, which is budget. And that's something that makes a lot of people cringe. Nobody likes to be told, you got to review your budget. you got to look for areas where you can trim spending. Is there anything that maybe is more of a want than a need at this point and something that you can put on pause for a later time when maybe the financial situation is a little more free. Um, 
one of the things that I have actually personally found really helpful because I hate the word budget also is I think of it as a spending plan. So I take away that word that has a lot of connotations and stress associated with it and just think that this is just a plan for how me and my family are going to be spending our money over the next period of time. So things like uh, looking at monthly subscriptions that you currently have, looking at uh, maybe comparison shopping, are you are there maybe some relatively easy ways that you can start to incorporate more use of coupons or price matching in your regular purchases? And of course, some of these really important things like having an emergency fund set up. And of course, those are really nice ideas. But if you're in a really difficult period right now where you can't just create an emergency fund out of nowhere, then there are some really wonderful options for getting help. And uh, certainly, Nancy, uh, you and uh, your office is is one of the great options with licensed insolvency trustees. And also, there's nonprofit credit counselors who can offer quite a lot of really solid but tailored advice to your specific situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we have a great credit counseling agency. Our credit counseling is Lana Labrador. Uh, they do some really great work, ongoing work, I would say, with uh, with debtors with regards to budgeting and making sure that they can stay on track. So I uh, would not hesitate to recommend people uh, over there to get some budgeting help. I think it's always important here too, Julie, that people look at their current level of debt and how they're managing it. If interest rates go up, will they be able to continue to make their payments and, and meet their obligations? Right. So that's called stress testing your debt. You also want to look at your debt to income ratio. So to calculate this, divide your monthly debt obligations with your monthly income. And if your debt to income ratio is higher than 40 percent, it's really a signal that you need to take some action with regards to your debt and getting some help to get on top of it. Another question to ask is, are you experiencing any of the warning signs that debt may be becoming unmanageable? So, you know, if you're living paycheck to paycheck and supplementing your income with your credit, are you only able to make your monthly minimum payments so that you're not actually seeing a decrease in the amount of your debt? Um, Are you missing payments, right? Are you robbing Peter to pay Paul, meaning are you using credit to pay credit? You know, these are all warning signs that you may want to reach out and get some help. Uh, anything else, Julie, on that? I think you've done a, a really good uh, job of covering those different uh, scenarios, but I also think it's important to highlight you're not alone. Don't fall into a pit of despair and inaction because it all feels awful. It is a difficult situation to work with, but so many Canadians are in this situation, have been in this situation, and have emerged from this situation. So please take advantage of these wonderful sources of help out there. They really can be helpful and specific to your circumstances rather than just general advice that can be hard to really apply in your own situation. 
that is so true. I mean, I always say to people, you know, have a look. You can Google uh, debt solutions, DIY debt uh, plans and stuff like that. And, and we're even looking at things like consumer proposals online to educate yourself. But don't take what you read online as, you know, the gospel truth and, and you know, everything that you're reading is, is right. And sometimes to your point, it's hard to apply that to your own personal situation. So there's really no one better than a licensed insolvency trustee to provide you a full range of what your options are with regards to dealing with your debt, whether it is a DIY solution, like showing you how you can set up a debt snowball plan or a debt avalanche uh, plan to pay the debt down on your own, going through your budget, you know, looking at maybe a consumer proposal is the best option for you so that you're only paying back a portion uh, of your debt at no interest. So there's, there's lots of options out there. I think the right approach is to speak to a professional so that you can get a tailor plan to you and what's best for your own individual situation. So something else, Julie, that we talk about quite a lot and always people have questions on is what is your credit score? How is it determined? And why is it so important to maintain a positive score? So we're going to get into that when we come back. Please stay with us. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Julie Kuzmek. She's a Senior Compliance Officer for Consumer Advocacy with Equifax Canada. And Julie, as we've been discussing, many Canadians, including those here in Newfoundland and Labrador, are really struggling financially right now. Whether it's high inflation or rising interest rates, it's all taking a toll on many household budgets. And we know, and the Equifax Canada report shows, in fact, that people are falling behind on their monthly payments. So before the break, you offered some great advice when it comes to managing paying down debt, which is so important because, of course, this helps you maintain a positive credit score. And that's what I want to focus the remainder of the show on. So let's start with this. What is the credit score and how is the score determined and why is it so important to maintain a positive score? Great. These are really excellent questions, Nancy, and I love the opportunity to dive into this stuff. So first, I want to say something that is a bit of a surprise to some people, and that is that we each have more than one credit score. So I'm actually going to say credit scores in the plural, which sounds grammatically incorrect, but because there are multiple credit scores out there, I don't want to be misleading. So the point of a credit score is actually to predict the likelihood that somebody will make their payments on time. That's what it all boils down to. So it is what we call a predictive analytic that is calculated based on the information that is in your credit report at the time the score is calculated. And it is intended to predict how likely you are to pay your future bills on time. Now, let's a quick reminder of what's actually in a credit report. This is all credit-related information that has been reported to the credit bureau, like Equifax, about your credit accounts. So this is your credit cards. Uh, if you have a car loan, if you have a line of credit, um, some of the things that aren't in credit reports, and this is important um, because there's so much misunderstanding and misinformation out there. Your bank account balances are not on credit reports. 
your income is not on credit reports. Any wealth holdings that you have not listed on credit reports. So those are all things that cannot be factored into a credit score because it is not on your credit report. So the the things that go into that credit score calculation are aspects of your credit report that are tend to be associated with positive repayment behavior. So I know this a lot of big words and like what does this really mean? Here's what the bottom line is. And it's not as exciting as people want. People are often looking for like, what's the big secret? How do I get best <laughs> possible scores? But the big secret is a score is intended to predict whether you will pay your bills on time. So one of the best ways to achieve and maintain a good score is to actually pay your bills on time. That's the behavior that is being assessed in the credit score. So the biggest part of that calculation is actually past payment behavior. So have your bills been paid on time? If they've been late, how late have they been? Is there anything that would be considered a delinquency as we were just discussing? So that would be um, items that are 90 days, three months past due or worse. Are there items in collections? Um, any of those uh, types of situations are assessed. And then some of the other factors that go into the credit score calculation are uh, utilization of credit. So that would be the difference between the current balance that was reported on something like a, a credit card or a line of credit relative to the credit limit. So that's how much of your credit are you currently using? That's another factor. And then there are other ones that have quite a bit lower impact typically on the overall calculation of the scores. So uh, some of them that people may be aware of are things like how long you've been using credit in Canada. That can be a factor because there is a correlation between longer use of credit, so a credit report that has been open for more years, and making bill payments on time. So that's why all of these things are factors, because there are correlations between that behavior or that fact or element of the credit report and the behavior of making payments on time. Thanks, Sid. That, that actually provides a lot of clarity for people, because oftentimes people think if I make my payments, that's really the only thing determining my credit score. So as long as I make them, I'm fine. And although, it, to your point, it's super important and it is a really big percentage of how your credit score is calculated, it's not the only item. So thanks for, for that clarity. So another question that comes up quite a bit is what is considered a positive credit score versus what's considered a poor credit score? Great. That's another good one. So the credit score range, all the different score versions have the same range in Canada, which is 300 to 900. 
And so, and uh, one important thing I just want to throw out there, it is possible to have a score of zero. So I'm contradicting myself since I just said the lowest score is 300. A zero indicates that there is not enough information on your credit report in order to be able to calculate a score. So just in case anyone ever comes across a zero, it does not mean, wow, you're a terrible credit risk. (laughs) You've never paid a bill on time. That is not what that zero represents. That is an indicator that there simply isn't enough to go on yet in the credit report. So that is a situation that people who are either new to Canada or new to credit or people who haven't used credit in quite some time could run into. So important thing to keep in mind that having a credit card that is in your name, if say you're married or you have a common law spouse and you're using a secondary card on that person's account, you want to make sure that you've got something that is reporting to your own credit report. Often those supplementary cards are only reporting to the primary person's credit report. And so it can look like you haven't used credit in quite some time because there's nothing new being reported to your credit report. And that's something that can catch people by surprise at the time of uh, mortgage renewal or a relationship breakdown where people then realize, well, wait, how am I unscorable? I've been using credit for more than 20 years, but if it hasn't been in your name specifically within the last six years or so, that could create a problem. Anyway, I'm getting myself off track here a little bit. Uh, So credit scores between 300 and 900, and a good score is typically around low 600s and higher would be considered good by most of the mainstream banks. But important to know that 750 or higher is considered excellent. And it doesn't matter where you are in that range. So if you have a 783 and you you could have a fantastic credit report and that is an excellent score, 783. But people will look at that and say, well, how am I more than 100 points lower than the high end when I've not missed a payment in, in my credit history? And the answer is not to look at it. It's not a percentage like that. You're in the very top category if you're in that 750 or higher range. Yeah, and that's so important. It's so funny. I have two friends, and um, they check their credit scores all the time, which is great, right? They're, they're staying informed on, on their credit report and all that good stuff. But, um, you know, his credit score was, I'm going to make up the numbers, but it, it's in this range, right? So his credit score was like 785, and hers was 796. And he's like, what? How is their credit score higher than mine? I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. You're both doing amazing. Like, <laughs> you don't need to look no, no, I need to, how do I get mine ahead of hers? How do I get mine ahead of hers? So it's, it's, it's something that's good, I think, to be competitive over, but at the same time, like there's worse, there's worse things you could be worried about, I think, and you're looking at your credit score, but important that people understand as long as it's in that range, you're doing great. Exactly. So Julie, how long does it take to build a positive credit score and how do people maintain it? We have seen people get into decent score ranges as quickly as within six months of starting to use credit. 
Now, there's a lot of different factors here that um, it's it's really hard to give a one-size-fits-all, like, here's the right thing to do, because everybody has such a different situation. It's a little bit like um, when your doctor is looking at your blood test results, they have to look at the whole picture together. There, there isn't just one answer of, oh, I see this one result in isolation means you have to do X, Y, or Z. Uh, similar idea with credit. So the important thing to focus on is continuing to make those payments on time. One question that I often get asked is, if, say, you've got a uh, line of credit payment that's due or a credit card payment that's due, and you can't make the payment in full by the due date, but you'd be able to make the payment in full shortly after the due date, what should you do? It is always better to make that at least the minimum payment on time because that is what you agreed to in the agreement for that particular credit account. So you're demonstrating that you are keeping up your side of the arrangement with your creditor. So always important to make at least the minimum payment on time in order to show that positive payment behavior. That's great. So we know that many people are interested in obtaining their credit score and, and their credit report, and we encourage that, right? We want to make sure that people are paying attention to the things that are on their credit report. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sutton, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Joining me today is Julie Kuzmik. She's a Senior Compliance Officer for Consumer Advocacy at Equifax Canada. And Julie, before the break, you shared some valuable advice with our listeners regarding credit reports and credit scores. How to build a positive score, you know, that the information is coming from their credit report, and how to maintain it, which is so important, especially amid the current economic uncertainty. So we know there's lots of myths out there regarding credit scores. You talked about one in the last segment and that many people think they only have one credit score, but in fact, they have many credit scores and it depends on who's pulling and how they're calculating it. So another one, Julie, is your credit score is the only thing that matters to lenders. Yeah, this is a really common misconception that um, people think that if they have a great credit score, then they're automatically going to be approved for that mortgage application or that car loan. And that's not necessarily the case. There are a number of factors that lenders take into account when they are assessing a credit application. A very common one is employment status and current income. So I've come across a number of people who were shocked to find when they happen to be in between jobs, but people who maybe are executives who have been in very well-paying jobs and even who may currently be getting a, a severance from a company that has restructured and therefore actually have a good income coming in, but it is not a guaranteed ongoing income because they're not technically employed. I've seen people get 
declined for mortgage applications and credit applications, even though everything looks fantastic on paper. So important to know that the credit score and that credit information is one of many different pieces of information that will go into that lender's decision. Yeah, it's so important that people understand that, right? And and in fact, you know, they should be looking at different things themselves and not just relying on the fact that they have been approved, right, for, for the credit and making sure that they can actually afford it as well. There's so many things to consider there. So another one that um, I hear quite a lot actually in my practice and people sometimes wait to call us to get the right advice and to get a solution that's going to, you know, help them in the long run because they're worried that, you know, there'll be a negative impact on their credit score and in fact they will never be able to get credit again which is it's just not true right yes it's so important for people to understand we have legislation in canada which tells us that negative information must be removed from credit reports within a certain period of time so that is protecting consumers in canada everybody falls on hard times You're not a bad person. If you have to declare bankruptcy, you may have found yourself in some difficult circumstances, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Everybody has the opportunity to start over again. So it varies a bit by province. There are a few details in there, but it's typically within six to seven years that any negative information is going to be automatically removed from your credit report. And that includes a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. So there are so many people in Canada who have gone through a very difficult financial period and they have built back up and rebounded. And there is no evidence of that uh, bankruptcy or consumer proposal anymore on that credit report. So future uh, lenders that you apply for won't know that that is something that happened in your past and it has no bearing on that future credit score calculation. Well, it's so important. And, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the myth is that your credit score is the only thing that matters uh, to lenders. And it's not, right? And we have people who, who go through a consumer proposal and they qualify for new credit while they're going through the proposal. So they're able to start rebuilding their credit score as they're going through. So such such important information uh, to get out there for people. So another myth, Julie, is that checking your credit report will negatively affect your credit score. I'm so glad you raised this one because it is so important for people to understand there is no impact on your credit scores if you check your own credit report, period. One of the reasons this misconception exists is that there can be an impact of on your credit scores when you apply for new credit and the record of that access to your credit report gets logged on the credit report. So this is what we refer to as inquiries and just a really quick backgrounder on inquiries. This is legislation in Canada that requires us to keep a log of every time the credit report has been accessed on the credit report itself. And the reason for that is so that you as a consumer can see on the credit report who has been looking at it and when did that access occur. Now, that should all be familiar to you because those should all be accesses that you have agreed to. When the purpose of that access 
or the purpose of that inquiry is because you applied for credit, so that could be a new credit card application, a mortgage application, and so on, then it can have an impact on credit score calculations. It doesn't necessarily, there is not a certain number of points that you lose every time. That's another major misconception. It generally is one of the smaller pieces of the credit score calculation, but people really fixate on this. Like, How many points do I lose every time I apply for credit? And the answer is you don't necessarily apply or lose points every time you apply for credit. Just apply for credit that you need and that you can responsibly handle and your score will take care of itself if you're making your payments on time under those circumstances. So because there is this connection between access to the credit report and potentially affecting the score, that's where that misconception comes from. People think that their lenders think that, oh, you must have a problem with your credit because you're checking it yourself. So therefore, we're not going to approve your credit application. That is absolutely not the case. So the, the terminology there is a hard or soft inquiry. Hard inquiries are the ones that are related to an application for credit. They can have an impact on credit scores, but don't necessarily. When you are checking your own credit report, that is a soft inquiry. It will be recorded on the report. It won't be visible to any lenders who are looking at your report, and it will never affect a credit score calculation. That's so, so important to clear up because we do, in fact, want people to check their credit report, right? There's lots of reasons to look at your credit report, not to mention one, probably one of the most important, right, given that we're in Fraud Prevention Month, is to make sure that there's people not applying for credit in your name, right? You want to look at your credit report and make sure that the things that are listed there are yours and make sure that you report any discrepancies. Uh, So, so, so important that people do that, Julie. Very much. And that inquiry section that we were just talking about is one of the key ones that you want to look at because if you see an access by a, a bank or a lender that you haven't had any dealings with, that may be a sign that somebody has applied for something in your name. So they are trying to use your identity and your good credit history to their advantage. So that's absolutely something you want to look into more. Absolutely. So, Julie, great advice today for listeners. We've got some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? One important thing is you can get your credit report for free online at Equifax.ca. You can even get a credit score for free as well. Um, and for people who need a little more peace of mind, if you may have been uh, had some identity theft in the past or been a victim of some fraud, there are actually some paid options for getting alerts when uh, specific changes occur on your credit report to help you stay on top of that. But one of the most important things I want to remind people is that a credit score is not a character judgment. It is not an assessment of how good of a person you are. And if you are struggling financially, you're not alone. And there are many people out there who can help you and help find that path to lowering your stress and getting to that better place financially. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Julie, for joining me today. 
um, always great to have you on the show. You always do have some really great advice for, for listeners out there. And I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And as always, I want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or question or topic you'd like me to talk about here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give us a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.